Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the, the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll, oh, The Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knutson crushes only 100% real ingredients 
so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. We can have emotions and feelings without expressing them, like... To intentionally hurt the other person's feelings. So I'm not doing anything. If it hurts your feelings, like, if the shoe fits, lace that bitch up. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. Back to my regular American accent, as we are no longer in Great Britain. Hey, Bachelor Clues, I missed Jane. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I'm, I'm transported right back to last week. But this week, we had some very interesting play. We had some very interesting uh, things happen. We had, I believe, our first ever complete bye week for Greer Blitzer this late in the season. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. Certainly not. (laughs) Our first COVID season. Yeah, COVID is really knocking everybody out. But uh, we also saw some interesting occult play, and we will get to that later. But before we get to our recap, we do have a few announcements, very important, a few bits of business, if you will. First bit of business is the official Game of Roses return to the grounds from which we were banned for one year. That's right. We're going back to the Grove tomorrow, (laughs) Wednesday, March 1st, 7 p.m. at the Barnes & Noble in the Grove, officially sanctioned. Pace Case and I will be there signing books, taking photos. We have to do some kind of a talk and we're going to be taking questions. Uh, You can purchase a ticket for this event for $30 on the Barnes & Noble website. You can also not purchase a ticket and just show up to the event. But if you buy the ticket, you get a book with that. And I believe it's roughly the same price as the book. We also are putting the 4TRR shirt back on sale for a limited time in celebration of the interview we just did with Katie Thurston, her first interview off contract. She wore that shirt in her Instagram stories way back during her Bachelorette Season 17 watch back. And she also wore it in our interview. So in honor of that, as a thanks to Katie. And she uh, told us that she thinks the shirt is her. She identifies with the shirt. (laughs) I know. I was like, damn, that's (laughs) hardcore. But uh, that shirt is now back up on our main website, gameofroses.co. You can also find a link to it in our link tree if you would like to pick one of those up. If your old one is getting worn out from overuse, as I know mine is, you can get that now. We also have to mention Courtney Robertson is coming out with a brand new episode of Off Contract this Wednesday. A huge guest, uh, somebody who is very prominent within the nation, somebody who has held a very prominent position within the nation, somebody who has a very special relationship with another person whose name starts with grocery. So you're going to want to check that out. We're going to have the first about half of that interview in our feed. But if you want the whole thing, you should go over to Off Contract and sign up for that podcast on whatever app you use to get your podcasts. And we have one final announcement. This is important. This affects tonight's recap. An article came out this past week on Bustle that was about Pace Case and me and our book, How to Win the Bachelor, and how the gamification of the Bachelor is really affecting the show and our role in that gamification of it. In this article, which if you haven't checked it out, again, it's on Bustle, please feel free. We linked to it all in our social medias. Uh, That article shed some light on who the players are that were caught reading our book. So we are now going to say what that article says. 
so if you don't want to know who these players are, skip forward about 10 seconds. Spoiler alert, here it comes. The player, the player that was caught reading the book, at least per this article, was Gabby. Gabby is the reader. There could potentially be more readers, but she at least has been identified. And we are going to try to keep our uh, use of that information kind of vague as we go through this recap, but it may pop up again. Our apologies if that's the case, because tonight there was some play made by this player that certainly was very bookish, I shall say. Reader behavior, some might say. But that is it. That is all of our announcements. And now we're just going to dive into this. We're going to do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. Tonight was the sixth episode of Historic Bachelor Season 27, taking place in Estonia. We are abroad again, and tonight's episode opened with Tonight on The Bachelor. Love Level 3, Kisses, uh, Someone's Looking at Their Future, Mad Love, Horses, Fairy Tales, Nudist Saunas, Tears, Just Wants a One-on-One, Catherine Steals a Kiss, and Zach Produces Tears. We now are in the morning portion here of portion one. Birds are chirping. Uh, we're in Tallinn, Estonia. And there is a, uh, the women are walking the streets. Brooklyn's ITMing that she feels like she's in the movie Frozen. They all get ITMs about not knowing where Zach is. Where's old Zachy? And we then see where is Zachy. He's sitting in a poorly lit cafe next to a window, completely blown out, completely washed out in the worst possible location the producers could have chosen, having a nice coffee with who? DLP. And we see that DLP is still 44. They make sure to remind us of that literally every time he's every on screen. Episode. I don't understand it. Please explain this to me. <laughs> I, I truly don't get it. Please explain why you would do this to an empathetic king like this. He doesn't deserve this. If it's a joke, do it once. I get it. Uh, they're making fun of him, but they do it literally every time. It's just like they are maybe too lazy to change the Chiron or they still think it's funny. I don't understand it. I don't either. Uh, DLP says to Zach, you're out. Oh, right. Because he just had COVID and hopefully he's not infecting our Dark Lord with it. Uh, Zach says it's beautiful here and they do this cheers, Estonian cheers. And DLP was like, what was the hardest part of COVID? And Zach was like, well, being so 4TRR and not knowing if the other players are okay. And DLP says Greer is also sick, but she's asymptomatic. Okay, so Greer has COVID also. She got it through the <laughs> Zoom call. Yeah, I mean, everybody, these two people have COVID. She was at the Zoom ceremony, right? Yes. Yeah. Remember, she was the one who said, uh, I know what you're going through because last year the fourth quarter sales report came out or whatever she said about her, her thing and he got all pissed, remember? Oh my God, she already played a COVID PTC. I didn't even think of that. She's had COVID a couple of times now. It was the hardest time of her life. She might want to check into the vaccination. But um, we <laughs> learn here that Greer is going to be laid out, maybe for the duration of this game. We don't know how long it's going to last, but we learn here that she's not in it up top. DLP then says there are nine women left. He's telling us where the game is, and he wants to get filled in on where Zach's at. And then we get this kind of intercutting between women sometimes ITMing and Zach saying what he thinks about them. And he basically tells DLP that everything's going well with Katie, something special. Then Brooklyn is a straight shooter, and he likes that. 
Kiss of death, in my opinion. Cat is someone who he gets naturally excited for as opposed to the artificial excitement he drums up for all other players. And Gabby's one-on-one. That's like how you get really excited when you have a straight shooter, you know? Oh, there is nothing more uh, than a straight shooter to get you excited. Um, Gabby's one-on-one here showed him that there's something strong there. Allie is great, and they had a one-on-one date some time ago. Ariel is intriguing. Her eyes can pierce the soul. And Jess, there's something there. He just doesn't know where yet. Charity, the one-on-one was taken from them, but everything's been getting better, he says. I don't understand how. He hasn't seen or spoken to her. DLP then calls it a bounce-back week for him and asks him who he's going to take on the one-on-one, as though there is any choice here, as though he ever has any choice about who he's going to take on the one-on-one, by the way. So this is a full lie that DLP is doing right here. 100% lie. Your empathetic king lying directly to Zach, directly to us, directly to himself. This is his... I agree. Um, So he says he knows who he's taking and she's going to love it. We get a knock on the door back at the hotel and the games truly begin. Cat, ITMs, learning patience and wanting to still be a priority. Charity, ITMs, her fears of getting skipped over. Uh, She doesn't want to wait even longer than she already had to. Of course, we're remembering now she had a one-on-one date scheduled last week. That was completely erased because the weirdo got COVID. <laughs> the weirdo. So there, there was a possibility here. Clues. Don't talk about the weirdo having COVID. It's bounce back week. My apologies. Um, but there was a possibility here. I think a very small one. But I do believe there was a possibility here for Charity Spears to have come true. That they would have just steamrolled right past her for time constraints or whatever. And said, like, sorry, you didn't get it, but we're going to, you know, make it up to you in one way or another. And maybe they give her, like... I know, you bet against me on this. And I was like, there's no way they would do that to her. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe they would give her, like, a, um, uh, you know, not a full one-on-one, but maybe, like, Zach just came out of quarantine, and we want you to be the first person to see him. And they give her, like, a nice little rooftop knock-knock type thing. I could have seen something like that, a consolation prize, but they don't do it. They give her the full one-on-one. I feel like she's been getting kind of a bachelorette edit, a very 4TRR edit, and they were building up her getting that date. So if they wanted to dismiss it, they would have just not focused on it. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. I did a little calculating after tonight's episode, and I have some rose quotients that you might find interesting for the remaining players. I'm talking about Charity, Ariel, Gabby, Katie, Brooklyn, Catherine, and Greer. What's a rose quotient? Oh, for those who don't know, a rose quotient is a metric that we devised here at Game of Roses, and it essentially illustrates how good or bad a player is at getting high-value roses. These are zero-pointers in the, the scheme of the rose quotient. We are talking about first-impression roses. We are talking about one-on-one date roses, group date roses, uh, any rose that is given outside of a rose ceremony. In this system, those Roses are worth zero points. Every other rose is given a number, a value that is uh, equal to the order it's given out in the rose ceremony. So the first rose given out has a one, the second has a two, so on and so forth. These numbers are averaged over how many total roses you have, and the number derived tells the story of how good you are at getting, again, these high-value roses. Now, keep in mind why this is important is because those roses are not determined by the bachelor. The producers select who gets those roses. Therefore, the more of them they give out to people, the clearer it becomes that they are sailing them through the season. Hence, 
potentially the best third audience game of of anything. That really is what the Rose Quotient is. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, I almost feel like the first flower has such an importance that maybe we should update the Rose Quotient to give that flower zero points as well. Interesting. Interesting. That may, may be necessary. Yeah. Let's we'll take a look at that. As always, all of these things that we're coming up with to describe a beloved game, like these are first attempts. If we can make them better, if we can refine them, I'm happy to do so. I think you might be right, actually. I think you might be right. We'll we'll look into it. Might now you got me going off on a, a fucking side thing. I'm like I mean, there is something to be said for not putting someone through the mental hurdle of a, standing there at a rose ceremony empty-handed. But it really is just that the first flower given on night one though you know what i mean right but i think the first flower of every night i mean yes again i think we need more terms i know people say too many terms (laughs) but obviously the first flower on night one should have a separate name from the first flower of every night (laughs) look in my most beautiful scenario of this we've got stats for every flower in every position throughout the game like well statistically speaking if you get the sixth rose on rose ceremony number three that means you're gonna end up here i mean I want that. I want that level of stats. Unfortunately, all we got is me and my fucking pit papers and a ballpoint pen over here doing numbers by hand. And like I said... And a cat abusing you. (laughs) No, he's not abusing me. Uh, I have these numbers, is what I'm saying. At the end of the show, we're going to go through the Rose Quotients of the remaining players. And like I said, I think it tells a story. And we will see what that story is. Now... Back to the game at hand. <laughs> I can't believe neither of us called a fucking minutia or mon- literally minutia. I was calling it. I was saying, ma'am, sir. I have to hear the words minutia alarm in order to turn my minutia engine off. Sometimes I want to see where it goes, you know? Yeah, sure. No, that went to a good place. I'm I'm happy that we did that because I do want to go back and look at that, how it's made. Anyway, so Charity gets this one on one day. She ITMs. He didn't skip over me. He wants this. Again, this is for TRR. She has no idea. Or at least it's acting like you have no idea how the dates are chosen. Uh, Katie, again, for TRR, you look amazing in green to charity. Zach comes in. Brooklyn ITMs, he's chomping at the bit like a horse ready to rodeo. He says, I'm back, baby negative no more room service and pacing around the hotel room and cat performs a steal can you talk to me before you go on the date brb guys we've seen this move before this shit was astounding there are plays i'll just say this one of my favorite things in our beloved game are plays just like this one you don't know if it's good or bad while it's happening You're like, this could fucking put her in the pole position or she could go home because of this. Mm -hmm. It is a high risk, high reward play. But if you fuck it up, you're fucked. And we still really at the end of this episode don't know. I feel like from the the, uh, promos, it might have fucked her. But um, it's just like, this is the type of shit I believe you have to be doing in the modern era. You must make these high risk plays modern yeah this steal before the one-on-one date was my goldini moment of the week what don't you remember 
Tierra Likowski or Ashley Frazier. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't remember which one it was, but one of them took him before he was going on the date and had a little moment. Or maybe it was because of the stairs. Tierra fell down the stairs and that's when it happened. One of them. Yes. I vaguely remember this, too. There was someone on one date. And this happened. I don't know if this is intentional or not. Yeah, and Goldini, see, it's not intentional. You don't think this is fucking intentional? No, I mean intentional to be like Goldini's season in this in this moment. Yeah, it absolutely is. The producers made her do this. I mean, you don't do this without the producers helping you do it. Right, but I mean, it's just like, it's a move they haven't done in 10 years. It's crazy. Yes, but they told her to do it and she does it. And I'm, I'm telling you, even if they didn't tell her, and I think that's a small percentage, it's possible she did this on her own. It is possible. I don't think so, though. Mm, I don't think so. I believe the producers, maybe it was her idea and the producer said, yes, do it. But it seems more likely to me that they are trying to mimic Goldini's season, as you're saying. Yeah. And you're right. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. This did happen in his season and all the players got pissed. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. And um, anyway... I, I thought that she did play it pretty fucking well. If you're going to do this, you better get that fucking kiss. Put your lip gloss on. It's reestablishing like the chemistry play part of your game before anyone else, even before he's about to go on this date. And it's like, it's basically saying, Charity, I know you were supposed to kiss him before any of us, but uh-uh-uh, I'm doing it now. It's a strong fucking play. Act of pure dominance. Yeah. It's a strong play. I'm... I'm not giving it my error. You know, she stayed in. It might have been something producers forced her to do. I have, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it was interesting the way this was handled. Uh, We see Charity go, what? And she flips her head and grimaces, almost gets my face play. And Kat tells Zach, I missed you and wanted to say, hey, before you left, call it needy, but I don't care. He's like, I like the initiative. And then the shit talking starts in the next room. Charity, not the most appropriate time. Brooklyn, I'm annoyed. Allie, ITM, I didn't want to do it during someone's moment. And Kat gets this kiss and returns. Gabby ITMs, he did look like he had lip gloss on his lip, which I don't think he applied himself. <laughs> that was a great line. <laughs> yes, it is. And and then Charity and Zach head out and Catherine is forced to have this girl chat where she has to sit down with all the other players. Again, this is all producer manufactured and they get to fire at her now. She's got to be on the defensive. So you know if you do a play like this, this exactly this will happen every time. The producers are not going to miss their chance to have all the other players say what they thought of you. And so Allie says, if it would have happened before her date, it would have messed her up. Catherine defends. Look, we haven't seen him in a long time. I wanted to say hi. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, right? Brooklyn then fucking gets into this. And this is where the real dance between these two begins. She says it wasn't the right time. It's fair to miss him, but he came here for charity. And she calls Catherine's play classless. This is a direct insult attack. Uh, very bold. Brooklyn then ITMs that Cat Steel was something out of a cocktail party. Classless, I feel like, is like, it feels offen- uh, like you an offensive word and kind of like, I don't know. I don't like it. No. Well, neither does Catherine. I think it achieved its effect. <laughs> it, it was meant to psychologically like throw her off her game. Um, And then uh, Brooklyn 
says that she thinks the steal was something out of a cocktail party, essentially establishing open gameplay speech here. Like in a mm -hmm. cocktail party, that shit flies. Not here. Different rules apply now. We're in a different game. Catherine then continues to defend herself uh, by saying Brooklyn's being too aggressive and using offensive words, just as uh, Pace Case noted. And then Cat ITMs that she felt attacked. Why can't she have her moment? Cat then tells the other players that she will take the time if she wants the time. And Brooklyn says... Uh, that's not how she feels about it. And we see this rivalry brewing. And we brought into this game now the idea that there are certain components of the game that they all accept in certain contexts. Steals are fine at cocktail parties, but not in this type of a situation. You've gone beyond the rules. You've exceeded what we've all kind of subtly agreed to. I loved seeing this shit. Anytime the rules of the game get challenged, it's like sometimes you can fucking win with that shit. This is the gray area, you know? Yeah, because it's like, well, what is the real book? There's no nothing that says you can't steal there. It's been frowned upon in the past, perhaps, for the deep fans. But it really is like a Corinne Olympios like sleeping through a rose ceremony. It's like, never seen that before, you know? It kind it's like right in the gray area of like, are you fucking with the game or not? What's going on here? Or are you playing it? You know, uh, I love it. Portion two begins daytime and we get our one-on-one -on -one here with charity. Now this um, was one of the most confused one-on-ones I've ever seen in my life. I still am kind of trying to figure out what the fuck happened in it, but um, they walk through a park. Zach ITM is a reminder that he meant to take her on the one-on-one -on -one in London before COVID. We all know that um, he's excited for the date. It's been a long time coming, he says. Takes her to a horse and carriage. <laughs> and these steeds are ready for the task at hand. These steeds, you see, will carry the bachelor from season 27 and charity to see a wife-carrying race and for their service in our beloved game, taking them to what is one of the weirdest one-on-one -on -one dates I've ever seen. These two steeds were my... <laughs> Creature of the week. These two steeds who were sniffling the air, one of them was lifting up its leg to be like, I'm here and I'm strutting my stuff <laughs> and I'm going to take this possible next crown and our current crown around Estonia. And then I'm going to have another separate camera angle that's filmed <laughs> above my ass. And that's why these... <laughs> Horses were my <laughs> creature of the week. Damn, that was intense. <laughs> well, these double creatures of the week. Help me, help me, help me. Uh, no, there is no help. We just did like twenty minutes on, uh, you know, re-upping the rose quotient. How we make the stat? There's no help. We're in a new chamber of the pit tonight. Well, you know, I was just thinking about it some. Same. And now I'm thinking about it constantly. We're trying to level up 2023 opto. Charity items that she's still processing the dream of being there with Zach. The horses take off. They roll through the city as she reveals that a horse and carriage is a dream of hers. Uh, she admits to being a low-key history geek to which Zach says he loves history too, but has a bad memory. It's going to make it very hard to love history, Zach. <laughs> they turn a corner and they encounter a cheering crowd as they see men carrying women in some kind of obstacle course race where the women are on their shoulders but like with their heads kind of down by the guy's ass and the hosts in helmets. <laughs> oh yeah. The women are in helmets just in case they get dropped. And so they get out of the carriage to check out whatever the fuck this is. 
the host of the strange event, uh, at this point, we still don't know what it is, beckons them to come try it. And Charity's like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. And then the host tells them that this is an Estonian sport called wife carrying. You carry her gently and very fast. I Googled this. And this is what came up. Mm-hmm. The wife carrying world championships have been held annually. And I am sorry about the pronunciation of this. Song. Sanka Jarvi, Finland, since 1992, where the prize is the wife's weight in beer. They stole it from Finland? This is a real thing. No, I just think that's where they have the world championships. I think it's in Estonia as well. Oh, it really reminded me of the mayor of Cheese Town when they had to lift all those round cheeses. And I was like, is this a real thing? Uh, this whistle man says, come and try it. It's fun. He's already mic'd up, even though it's supposedly the spur of the moment thing. And I got to say, it's like, this is very much like last episode. The Jorge Morenos in this season, this is the season of Jorge Morenos, in my opinion. Any one of the, the Jorge Morenos in this episode could have been a bystander of the year, I feel like. Yeah, someone who's making them carry them in each other's asses. Making DLP hold a cup in his mouth for some reason. <laughs> well, speaking up, so let's get to this. Charity um, says she ITM's surprise at being upside down with her face in his ass. Dak dominates this hospital course as he's just sprinting through it, carrying her. Uh, they they demolish another couple who's doing it, doing it with them. And DLP, we see the shot where they just cut to the crowd watching it. And there's DLP in sunglasses clapping while he's holding a cup in his teeth. This is never mentioned. I rewound this several times. Oh, my God. I was like, wait a minute, was that DLP? Rewind, yep, it fucking was. Okay, well, they're now going to cut to him being like, wow, he's going to say something. No, nothing. It's just this weird shot of him with a fucking cup in his mouth. No, he just wears Waldoing in the crowd. So bizarre. <laughs> so strange. He's stalking them. It, <laughs> yeah. It's so fucking bizarre. He's stalking them. I just didn't understand it. It like added no value. It just confused, much like all of this day. They- I liked it, though. It was weird. They get back in the carriage. They head out. And I just wrote, what the fuck was this date? Um, just like, imagine this. You're in a carriage, right? Oh, let's just go jump over there. I'm going to run across those bales of, hail, bales of uh, hay and carry you on my shoulders. Then we'll get back in the carriage and just continue on the date. No big deal. Whose idea was this? This is the strangest shit I've ever seen, and it doesn't end there. Back at the hotel. I don't know. They're giving Estonia the weirdo country edit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Everybody is made to be super bizarre. Uh, Brooklyn has a girl chat with Katie in which she expresses being baffled at Cat's steal. Brooklyn ITMs that the steal, again, was classless, selfish, and disrespectful. Brooklyn then tells Katie that Cat was trying to play the victim. And if she wants to see harshness, she'll bring the harshness. Then we get this forced girl chat with Cat, uh, Catherine, and Ariel. Catherine says it's hard for her to hear her actions being described in such a way. Cat then ITM's not understanding why she can't have her moment without Brooklyn coming at her. Ariel then tells Cat that her actions just rub people the wrong way. She had her one-on-one time, and now it was someone else's time. Kat has some great open gameplay speech right here where she says, the rules were nullified when he got COVID, and it's about one-on-one time now. This is a high-level adaptive play, um, potentially like someone who's read the book. Yeah, we lost a bunch of time. Yes, and also the rules of the game changed. The rules basically state, the unwritten rules are, if you get a one-on-one date, you get to go on that date. If you get a group date, you will have an opportunity to see him. All of that was blown out of the fucking water. So now she's got to make up for it. And she's attempting it. That's essentially what she's saying here. Um, and then Ariel says she doesn't think respect ever shifts, though. 
fair point. Kat maintains this is basically a second audience uh, play on her behalf. It's like, yeah, the rules may change of the game, but you still have to play with us and don't fuck us over. Don't have a bad second audience mm. game. Kat maintains that she wouldn't have done this if it hadn't been for COVID and Ariel tells her bluntly, but it is what you did. And then we're back on the weirdest one-on-one date in history. Zach and Charity now <laughs> enter a shop where there is another Jorge Moreno bystander of the year wearing animal skins who asks them if they're having a good time or doing hard labor. He then gives them some Estonian booze and makes them do a weird uh, stance with like their legs crossed while they drink it. He makes them do the tree yoga pose in order to take the shots. I love this. I'm going to try it. Oh, okay. Uh, good luck to you. I hope it works out better for you than it did for them. The shots are too strong. They kind of shake off the sting of it. And that's it. That's just that. Walk into this room. A man in furs is going to make you do a stance and do a shot of something that will burn. And then you walk out. There's nothing else on this date. It was not explained at all. There is no coherent narrative. It's just a series of disjointed images and sounds that serve only to confuse and erase any possibility of giving us any indication who Charity is as a person or how this date is going at all. I know nothing about them. I know how she does food play with almonds and how she lady in the tramps some marzipan. The marzipan lady says, I feel love is in the air. That's a Jorge Moreno. I know. They all are. But then she ITMs that it's been worth the wait to get to know somebody who is equally invested in her. And she has something to share with him tonight that's making her nervous. Something's about who she is, why she's here. He's made her feel safe enough to share this, though. So it sounds like she's loading a PTC. She gets a kiss. And then we get a little casting card before the next portion. Want to find that special someone that makes you feel like you're on cloud nine? These are all very prestigious. Very uh, classy, you might say. Thank you, Brooklyn. Portion three begins night. Back at the hotel, Gabby and Jess are forced to do a girl chat. Jess wants a one-on-one because she hasn't had one yet, and she wonders what the reason is. The reason, Jess, is the producers. They refuse to give you one because they know how much you want it, and they know it's going to drive you to a nervous breakdown. Gabby ITMs that she does want love, but this environment is really hard on her, and she wonders how she will act if she doesn't get the one-on-one. And this line from Gabby here, Frankenbitten all to hell. I don't know how much of this she actually said, but... Not all of it in that order for sure. Gabby then asked Jess how detrimental it would be for her not to get the one-on-one. Uh, and we live leave on that kind of cliffhanger with Jess back on the one-on-one with Charity. They come to an old building and this is where she's going to get to play her PTC. Um, she has an ITM where she says she's scared, been hurt in the past, and she doesn't want this to stop, but he has to know some certain things about her background. And she tells him uh, the smallest things mean so much. He has a special way of making her feel seen and chosen. And she's learned so much about the things she needs in a partner. She's a different person today than she was years ago. Great PTC preamble here. And she says the relationship prior to being there was an emotionally abusive relationship, PTC. She didn't know what it was like to be seen as a partner or a girlfriend, produces tears to really lock that PTC home. And she explains that the relationship had several occurrences of infidelity. This is a PTC on top of PTC. More than anyone could imagine. It was with somebody that she knew. PTC on top of PTC with a mini PTC on the side became a vicious cycle of manipulation. And she hid it from her family. So it had all of these adverse emotional effects. And um, she is grateful, though, to have gone through it because it made her who she is today. This is a, I mean, perfectly played PTC. Textbook. 
textbook PTC. And she had this shit ready to roll a week before and still managed to pull off a fucking truly believable 4TRR performance, in my opinion. I feel like because she was given a week to prepare, that's part of why she blew me away here. It's like, it's layered. It's it's so good. She's producing tears here. It's something that Zach has already kind of talked about losing himself in a previous relationship. So it kind of mirrors his PTC. And he said he didn't even know his own music. So he's like, he's kind of sharing this insecurity to help her feel more comfortable sharing this. And she, ITM, she felt safe, protected, comforted. It's literally, it's a huge part of why I think that they're giving her this next Bachelorette edit. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know. This is tough to beat, in my opinion. She's victimized so much here. I'm assuming she's not the ring winner. I don't know. And that victimization added to me of charity, she's like had kind of mini victimizations of people defending her all season. And I just, yeah, it's going to be tough to beat to me. You know, the most powerful line of this entire exchange was when Zach said, I couldn't even hear my own music. What do you think his music was? Well, he said he was a DJ, right? In like a punk band. That's what I'm saying. For a DJ not to be able to listen to his own music. Yeah. So what did he pretend to like? It's very powerful. No, he's probably into James McCoy Taylor. But um, this goes very well, this date. Whoa. I mean, I don't have any evidence of it. She ITM's feeling so good about this. She felt safe and protected and comforted by Zach. He's great, she says. He tells her that he knows there's something between them and he can't wait to see where it goes. He calls her pretty awesome and then a kiss. Because of death, I don't know. He ITMs being caught off guard to see that she was treated so poorly. It feels good with her. He picks up that rose, gives it to her. She gets the one-on-one AR and a kiss to see that she ITMs that she is 100% falling for Zach. That is a loaded love level three. Uh, they ride away in the carriage and she ITM seeing a future with him. Back at the hotel, Jess tells the other players she's itching for time with him. Ariel says the more her hopes progress, the more her patience goes down. Knock, knock. And this is going to be a big reveal now. This is who's going to get this one-on-one. They built up Jess really fucking needs it. So uh, not only we know she's not going to get it, guess where her name's going to be read? Guess where they're going to put her name? It's going to be the last name on the date card. If your name is the last on the date card... You're being fucked with. <laughs> yup. If you ever get a last rose in a rose ceremony or you get a last name on a date card, whatever's about to happen to you is the producer's trying to fuck with you. <laughs> um, Sorry, you're the drama. <laughs> <laughs> but the date card reads, true love feels like uh, magic. And it's going to be Brooklyn, Katie, Cat, Gabby, Allie, and who? Jess. Ariel gets the one-on-one. She didn't expect it. Just immediate tears. And asks out loud, does being chosen last mean something? And Gabby says, no, no, no. <laughs> Remember, Greer hasn't had a one-on-one. And then just is like, yeah, Greer has COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a hilarious comeback what? to that. I also, I'm like, again, like, wait, so she's crying at her getting the one-on-one. We're not going to kick her off. It's literally only Christina Mandrell. This is, this plot has happened to. And they're all doing the exact same thing. Portion four, we have a girl chat. We hear from Charity and she says, I tried to block out some things before, but the date was special. 
low-key shade. Kat says, yesterday was a lot. I don't want to have this convo before a group date. And Brooklyn says, oh, my God, you don't want to ruin the group date, ruin your time like you did to charity. (laughs) And we get this response from uh, where Charity also says, Kat goes, why are you being so aggressive? And she's like, because you have your head up your ass. We're getting these very like blunt, colorful narrator, hilarious phrases. She has one later about lacing up your boots. In my opinion, she is the best colorful narrator. Have you ever tried shutting the fuck up? She is a an, an aggro colorful narrator, <laughs> the likes of which I've never seen. The colorful narrator that's going to eat your meal. (laughs) (laughs) Take your lunch money. (laughs) I love it. I absolutely love her colorful narrator play. I've just, I agree with you. I've never seen one quite like her. Usually they're a little more like goofy or silly. She's fucking just like coming for you. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you, Brooklyn, uh, for your strong, colorful narration. You know what? I like it. She's a straight shooter. (laughs) And that makes me... Randy. <laughs> but even that, like, straight shooter, that's obviously a line they fed him. He's trying to come up with... He has... When he had to describe all of those women right in a row, and, I mean, he just... For some of them, he just said, there's something there. There's something there. Yeah. <laughs> I believe she is here. I believe she has come on the plane, that one. Brooke and I tell him she stole him, and he came in with lip gloss, and it made me want to box her ears off. Threats of violence. And... In real life, she says, you kissed a man before the one-on-one. Kat says, we're all dating him, Brooklyn. That's tacky. Ooh, another harsh mm, word. Mm, mm. Brooklyn ITMs, there's going to be a lot of walking on eggshells, but not Brooklyn. She said to me. Cat, we can have emotions and feelings without expressing them to hurt people. Brooklyn, if the shoelace, if the shoelace fits, lace that bitch. No, if the shoe fits, lace that bitch up. Unreal. This is maybe the line of the season so far, in my mm-hmm. humble opinion. Uh, <laughs> if the shoe fits. I, I mean, we get my favorite shot of the episode right after this. A giant windmill. <laughs> yes. Homage. <laughs> does this respect the game? Yes, it does. It brings me joy. Same. Me too. Windmill all around. I mean, the windmill is such an iconic piece of this game's lore that, yes, they must pay it service every season, I feel like. If they're in a place that has one, you better be showing me the fucking windmill. You gotta get it. Cat ITMs that Brooklyn hurt her feelings. She maintains that everyone is allowed to have their own moments and she's worried about the group date being very uncomfortable. We cut to some people on a weird swing and then we cut to a goat who is strutting his stuff in the Estonian countryside. Zach walks through the fallen leaves as women come to meet him. He waves at them as Allie gets to him first and does a kind of... It's horrible. There, I mean, uh, I don't even know if this is if this is countable. I believe she tried. You guys just go for it. No, it's not. I I don't give it to her. Yeah, intent has to be there for it to be a real huju. You have to say in your mind, "I'm doing a huju now." She never said that. It was just at the very end, like, "Oh, okay, pick me up." I guess it, she didn't launch into it. I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it. I watched this thing a couple of times, and I was just like, "I mean, I call this a botched huju. I wouldn't say it's not a huju." <sighs> Okay. Watch Huju, I guess. What? Maddie Pooh gets a Huju? Zero leg? Cling? At least she gets a leg around. Come on. She's attempting a Huju. That's a Huju. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Maddie Pooh's dead-legged Huju at least had some fucking style to it. Oh, my God. I'm not saying it was a good one. It breaks the subsport. But it was intentional. 
You could tell she was doing that thing with her legs on purpose. You know what? I think Allie got distracted by Zach's outfit. Oh, I didn't even notice it. I was just watching the hooju. But anyway. There was a lot of different flannel patterns happening. Minutia alarm. Minutia. Uh, you <laughs> devil. <laughs> he waves at them as Allie to him first. Does the suju and then Zach ITMs it today. We're tapping into the more unusual Estonian culture and we see some potions and bones on a table and then we hear... As opposed to what they've been doing the rest of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we did some wife care earlier, but th- now we're going to the unusual part. They're like, fine, we'll film in Estonia, but we're giving you a goddamn fool at it. Um, but we hear this drum in the distance. We hear this drum... And we cut to these jars with colored water crystals. And we cut to a lady in purple, animal bones in her purple hair, the color of royalty, no less. (laughs) Crescent moon-shaped bone or teeth adoring her ears and neck, I don't know which, mirroring the gorgeous bohemian style of Carol Baskin from Tiger King, bangs on a drum, summoning them. She is Haley. The Estonian witch, and she was my Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. That's what I'm saying. This is the bystander of a decade. Not my bystander. Not my bystander. I'm not saying she wasn't great, but somebody was was better for me. I mean, I know, obviously, I know who who it has to be if that's the case. But I'm look, I love a witch. I love a witch who makes three different appearances in one episode. I mean, she was a grand witch, too, not just a witch. Yeah. Grand witch. Excuse me. God damn. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry irritated skin and that about 85 percent of the united states uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine that's where canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier canopy is dermatologist recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists 
Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Uh, She says she heals people and sometimes they find love. Make a circle around the fireplace. And they circle around the fire as she chants in in this like uh, midsummer imagery. It was beautiful. I loved it. Brooklyn stings, sticks her tongue out to taste the witchy healing energies or perhaps trying to IFI and throw up in the fire pit, almost my face play. And now the Grand Witch burns old sage to clean the energies. And we get this series of Zach cleansing the, the players. There's this great shot of Brooklyn glaring at Kat as she gets saged. And Brooklyn ITF's done a sage of the world to cleanse cat, even if she were sage herself. Doesn't make sense. No, but it's great. <laughs> it's still great, colorful narration. Like, she's not wasting her fucking time on camera. Her ITMs, I'm waiting for her ITMs because I'm like, what the fuck is she going to say next? Yeah, they're great. I'm not waiting for anybody else's ITMs. I'm waiting for the Grand Witch's ITMs. She says now to look through the flame to grow their love, Zach and each of the ladies. And we get this like Jess 
is IDMing. She's behind. We see Katie and Zach look through the flame, and Katie looks like a Disney princess, <laughs> <laughs> like feeling this inner love. She's never connected with anyone on that intimate level ever. And we get these close up shots of these loving eyes versus Jess, who is just drowning in this giant pink pussy hat. Uh, <laughs> And her flame goes out in the wind. Oh, no. Now, I know what you're thinking. And you're right. Pack your fucking bags. We're going somewhere. Conspiracy Town. Population. Me. There is not a fucking way on our planet Earth that this candle went out by natural means. There were producers what? in the trees with high-powered precision fans aimed at it, or they paid Haley. What's a precision fan? What? I'm sure they have them. Or they paid Haley, the Estonian Grand Witch, uh, an extra amount of money to just real quick like blow from the corner, or Zach Shawcross did it. They told him to do it. One of those three things is true. Could you blow without someone know? I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, that was just my conspiracy. That was not what I was thinking. What I was thinking was that when their love flame goes out, Gabby makes this shocked face and she mm. bites her upper lip in horror at poor Jess getting her love flame blown out and producing tears. And that was my... Face play of the game. Oh, yes. It was a very good one. A very strong one for sure. Yeah. Not mine, but a strong one. She's a good face player. I agree. We are at the after party now. Not as good a colorful narrator as she is being given these ITMs, though, in my opinion. I agree. Also with that. Portion five begins. We're in the night and we're going to the after party of this group date. Just ITM's fear about... Wait. You can't skip it. Sorry. There's a shot that we end this portion with. You showed me a picture of it. Did I? Just as I don't want to backtrack, we cut to a black skull. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> black skull. I mean, every once in a while, I do feel like they're just they're putting shit in there just for um, memes. You. <laughs> for memes. Yeah. 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 Just for me. Just for memes and just for like, like, why would they ever put that on there? It's obviously foreboding. And, you know, maybe it's uh, to say that Jess is not long for our game. A little foreshadowing but at any rate portion five begins the women are walking through the night uh and they get to this after party and jess is talking about in her itm the fear about the candle going out not having a one-on-one -on -one. the players sit and chat gabby says she hopes they'll get time to talk to him and jess says she was having an anxiety attack earlier but she's good now Catherine says we can all relate letting everyone know i also have anxiety attacks maybe as a way to be like okay brooklyn back the fuck off I'm not sure, but it was noted. Jess then says it's something she can't control. Gabby ITMs that Jess is sweet soul, and she gets in her head, which is the wrong strategy for something like this. And yeah, you got to go in cold blooded. Yes. Well, got to go in cold blooded and open minded while you're reading How to Win the Bachelor. Zach comes uh -huh. in a in in a long pea coat. Book watch. Six episodes. We haven't seen the book in the document, but its presence is here. I saw it almost in this one, and I definitely saw it in something she does later. Um, Zach says starting a date with witchcraft can go a lot of ways, but everyone made the most of it. 
Going into tonight, he wants to continue to make the most of the moments, and he makes a toast to the incredible and beautiful women. He's happy to be there. He pulls Katie for a bachelor's preference. Uh, this is obviously producer-created. So in that one-on-one -on -one time, they she tells him that it was super cool. It's just to get Jess to break after her anxiety attack. Yeah, she's going to go very last. Um, so she tells him that it was super cool, even though she's out of her element in a group setting. She feels like a kid around him, uh, sometimes can't make eye contact with him. He notices that. She says she smiles too much when she sees him. It's all this very cute, good everything's fine here play. She likes how intentional he is and he seems like an amazing guy. Where have you been all my life? Everything is fine here play is very funny. <laughs> it's basically like, I'm not a problem. She can sense there's drama in the house. She's staying as far away from it as she can. She eefs him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she ITMs, uh, liking him so much, loaded level one. And she tells him then that when she was looking into the flame, she was picturing her future with him. This future casting gets her a kiss and Katie ITMs that she hopes the group date rose will be hers, but nothing is guaranteed. We then cut to one-on-one -on -one time with Gabby. He compliments her outfit and tells her that he missed her. She's one of the strongest connections, and he doesn't want her to worry. He has butterflies with her, love level one. She says that's exactly how she feels, love level one. She describes being so happy after their first date, and she can see him in her life forever. Kiss here. And she says, I love that. She lion dykes him. Ooh, nice work. Then the other players, led by Allie, discuss this not being the time for random shallow conversations. She has some open gameplay speech here about the friend zone getting you sent home at this point in the game. And Jess says she really feels that because she's the only one here without a one-on-one. -on -one. She feels a lot of weight and pressure. And we get these ITMs from her talking about how, again, weight and pressure. She literally then in ITM says, have MI one-on-one. There's a lot of pressure. Then Jess is girl chatting with Katie and says, I feel a lot of pressure. In the span of five seconds, they've cut the word pressure in three times. Pretty incredible. And they play the craziest fucking music I've ever heard on this show. Yeah, I wrote that too. The score. Big, dramatic, scary score. <laughs> um, and we leave on this cliffhanger of her freaking out. And then we come back. Portion six. It is... Trying to get a fourth audience panic attack. Yeah. Not yet, game. <laughs> yeah. I, their, their music cues to me are like too... They're too on the fucking nose. Yeah. They're just... It, it's too much. It takes away the drama because you're like, well... All right. I know what this is supposed to look like or be. Yeah. It's very old school. There's uh, there's no nothing modern about it for sure. But in this one-on-one -on -one time, Jess, um, he ITM, sorry, that so far everything's great with Jess and he hopes it's going to continue. He's intrigued by her. That's an, uh, Intrigued is basically good on paper or kick-ass or awesome. They open with a kiss and she admits that the witchcraft was out of her comfort zone, but Haley was a sweet witch. <laughs> And Zach says he's excited. <laughs> he's excited. Uh, but he doesn't know if anything's changed with her. He asks her how she's feeling. She says it's hard for her because she's a romantic, hopeless romantic, but she's been knocked down so many times. This is a little bit of a PTC kind of thing here. And she knows what she signed up for. Sluice and protocol initiated, but it's a lot to see. Sluice is loose. Sluice is loose in every season. Uh, <laughs> but it's a lot to see the other woman progress with him. And she was waiting for one-on-one -on -one to open up more. So, this is a very interesting like first entry into this conversation. Why was she waiting for the one-on-one -on -one to open up more? Reader. Well, that's all I heard when she said this. Producers can also sometimes tell you when to play your PTC. And if they tell you to wait for a one-on-one, -on -one, it's usually because you have a one-on-one -on -one coming up. In this case, if they were telling her that, it's to uh, annihilate her. Yeah. And to fuck up her game. I would imagine they would tell everybody that a one-on-one -on -one is coming up. 
I don't know. I'm not. Or no, I guess you want to fuck. I'm not sure. Um, so much of this is off face. I've just started putting things in parentheses when they're off face. Um, because when she says she's waiting for the one-on-one, he says, that's important for me to know. And then off face, it says, we will have time. It shouldn't be a thing in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, and she says, I'm a slow burn. And he said, I don't know about the confidence with you. She says, pressure. She produces tears. She's saying, I'm doing my best to get vulnerable on a one-on-one. He's saying it's not a rule that on the one-on-one you open and just says, were women vulnerable with you after or before the one-on-one? And this (laughs) emphasis on the one-on-one and not just full appreciation, delusional appreciation of everything that's going on, a la Katie Bigger, was my... Error, 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 error of the game. This accusation that he was not giving her a one-on-one specifically so she couldn't play her PTC, this open admission that there is a game and there are rules and she is simply trying to follow them, but doing it in a way that lets him question their relationship and gives him the out was also my... Error, 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 error of the game. Don't give him an out. You're giving him a huge out here, and we see exactly what happens after she asks this. He's looking. Yeah, totally. You don't tell him you got COVID near your sales quota time. (laughs) Yeah, this was a much more egregious error, I thought, but it's like... If you fuck, if that's getting you kicked out, then like you certainly can't do this shit. That's what I'm saying. Like he's looking for anything. This is a big one. Uh, she really starts crying here. Uh, he's saying some stuff off face that he feels a disconnect, and he's not that confident. And she says, "I told you, I'm not going to fight for you. I want someone to fight. I'm not going to beg." She's a beautiful crier. And we get the sad string music playing. He says, "I wish it was different." And they hug in the auto zone. He lets her go. Uh, benevolent execution and she uh, produces tears did not see this coming implied blindsiding and just as I did everything he asked I needed quality time and he wasn't processing it and what she's saying does make sense here it's crazy to go on someone you could potentially marry I want to be chosen and for him to be shocked that I'm hurt is crazy to me uh Zach produces tears I think is that first crown tears mm, I think maybe um, and then he comes back to the other players and tell him Jess got eliminated. He says they both agreed on it. Did they? <laughs> I don't know about that. And it is no dig. She just said, I'm not going to beg. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, well, we agreed. I wanted her to beg and she wouldn't do it. So that's an agreement. Um, and it's, he says, it's no dig on the other players, but no rose is going to be given out tonight. And that is also a producer decision. And we see why later the math of this final rose ceremony would have been very strange if he only had, I believe he'd have three roses to give out at that point if they give out this rose because we have this early elimination. And so Kat, ITM's tears, none of them saw it coming. Yeah, so that's a producer decision. Yes, 100%. As well as ending this party early. Uh, that was some one of my main takeaways from our interview with Katie Thurston that we did last week, which you should listen to if you haven't, um, was that production and like the demands of the schedule and the (laughs) limited budget are dictating a lot of these things like canceling cocktail parties and after parties and stuff. Yeah. Um, But then we get a senior bachelor casting card and we begin portion seven. This is the one-on-one B with Ariel. We see that nice shot of the windmill. 
We see a horse walking around, and Zach wanders in the woods and ponders the ITMs that there was no scenario in his mind that would exist without Jess, but it was the right thing for both of them, and it's crazy how things can change after a conversation, he says. It's like, yep. I wrote, lone weirdo ponders on tree. <laughs> yeah, ponders how it's crazy that conversations can change things. <laughs> but it's a new day, and now he's got to have a fun day with Ariel. So he meets him. No, who, uh, Ariel meets him here. No, who'd you? And he tells her that they're in the Estonian countryside. She jokes about thinking they were in New Jersey. So we're getting a little uh, flash of that trademark sense of humor that she's going to tell us all about throughout the course of this date. I could see uh, our first witch bachelorette, Ariel. Wait, is she a witch? I don't know. She kind of seems like a witch to me. Could be. Um, they walk by a sign <laughs> hanging from a tree that says something in Estonian, I guess. And then we see the translation, nudist sauna. This is a producer-made sign. They are then greeted by Laura, the smoke sauna guide. This is another Jorge Moreno of the year, but not my Jorge Moreno of the week. She calls herself sauna lady. Yes, correct. <laughs> she has them sit down. They eat some fruits and cheeses off a charcuterie board. Then Laura welcomes them to the sacred sauna. She explains they will be nude in the sauna and she will meet them in the sauna hut. They agree to meet in the middle with the nudity and they enter the sauna in bathing suits. Laura gets them to meditate. Uh, they're kind of joking around, not taking it seriously. And then she comments on his ugly hands and feet, which she actually says makes people more attractive. And then he hits her with some leaves and he ITMs that she's so fun and always game and they're having a blast. Ariel then ITMs that his funny and romantic, ex this is a funny and romantic experience, but she has hesitations about opening up uh, herself in a relationship. She can use humor to block how she feels. She's nervous, but excited. This is a loading of a PTC. Humor walls. And this is something that you can do with humor. This is exactly how you want to play being a funny player. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. But now I got to get serious. There's a real person underneath here too. Sad clown. It's great. So they go into the sauna. Uh, we get a kiss. Then the doors open. And a man and a woman walk in who are essentially going to be the ceremony of the ancients. But this is no ordinary ceremony of the ancients because this man and this woman are completely nude. And this nude couple that is going to dispense advice on how to fall in love to our bachelor and Ariel were my... Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Uh, they're the only bystanders that were naked. <laughs> they did a voluntary nudity play. Have we ever seen that? Look. <laughs> I feel like they, here's the thing. I feel like they kind of went for shock value rather than quality. I feel like Witch Haley really nailed it and they were maybe a little sloppy. Interesting. <laughs> You're critiquing their performance. If I'm going to compare the, the bystanders. They were naked though. You know, and we only see them, they don't, we only see them twice. <laughs> Look, I, it's a hard, I, I can't really argue. Like it really just is a matter of preference, I think, a matter of taste. Yeah. Look, I, I hate to betray the voluntary nudity play as a free spirit archetype myself, obviously. Um, but I think that I will pay it homage in something that comes up here. Okay. We get this first ever naked ceremony of the ancients. I'm screaming. 
Uh, Ariel says, I accepted them. She calls them the mom and dad. And Ariel, I Tam says, I've seen him in a new light. It's funny, sweet. So you're building this love story from both sides. Zach, love level ones. Ariel, they kiss. He says, I Tam I feel like I can be myself. Then the couple joins them nude. We missed you guys. The couple get in the hot tub naked. And Zach says, I'm sorry, mom and dad. I think he means his mom and dad on the screen. And Ariel goes for the kiss. And Ariel going for the kiss with Zach, despite two fully nude Estonian locals hooking up right next to them, was my... Play, 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 play of the game. (laughs) What? I loved this play. I feel like Zach was like off put and she was just like, no, I'm fucking going for it. She was like, I have been floating all season. Now is my moment to ascend. If I'm really going to go the Catherine Lowe ring play. Yeah. She's been waiting in the wings. Ooh. Gonna give him a day he doesn't, he can't ever forget. She just goes with the flow, you know? She doesn't take life too seriously kind of vibe, if you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, No, that was a fantastic play. It was very shocking. Uh, It was not my play of the game. We're going to get to that momentarily, however. But yes, this entire date was hilarious. It was great. And hats off uh, to this Jorge Moreno that was just fucking fantastic. Just utterly fantastic. Legends in the bystander game. Get in the hot tub and start making out. It's like they they couldn't uh, let them rest from their nude forms. No. Their entire date uh, was with those two naked people. So, portion eight begins. It's day. <laughs> We're on a little bridge. There's a stream. Zach and Ariel enter an old house. No dinner here. Just some champagne on a table. He ITMs that she could be his best friend. Remember that? First time we've heard it. <sighs> This episode, he reminds us of Goldini's advice about his journey, the dark horse. He thinks Ariel might be his Catherine, and he cheers them. He says it was a date that blew him away. He loved the hell out of it, <laughs> and he cheers us to her. He says he was nervous about them. It was fun and easy in the beginning. She has a very well-put-together image. He was impressed, um, but unsh- sorry, but insecure over the past several weeks. Uh, is it gradually getting stronger? He wants to get to know her for her. And she says it's hard for her to be vulnerable and talks about her feelings. She is good at using humor as a veil. She's been in relationships where she couldn't be herself. And in her heartbreaks, she stopped loving herself. PTC. She knows he's had a similar kind of PTC. She had to choose between changing herself for relationships or being lonely. He maintains that he would never ask her to sacrifice herself. He says he wants her for her. He is more than excited uh, for what he sees in her. She's excited too. And we get a kiss. And this PTC of no longer loving herself because of the pain caused by past failed relationships was my... Play, 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 play of the game. What Charity did in the beginning of this game was fucking spectacular. I believe what Ariel did here was a slight degree of difficulty higher. Because if you play a humorous character, if that's your strategy, you must hit this moment perfectly or risk being sent home because he needs somebody who can be serious about a relationship. She had to make this play. She had to make it correctly. And she did. 
Yes, she's funny, but there's something underneath. She can show her vulnerable side. And of course, she gets the rose here for it. She ITM's mm-hmm. happiness at him, getting to see so many sides of her, feels more secure in their, their situation because she showed him her insecurities. Uh, she's like, I usually have a lot to say now, but I'm really tired of being alone. And I've been alone for so long. This moment felt real to me. Chilling. It felt real. I don't know if it was. Maybe it was. But fuck. If it wasn't, this is... It was so good. So fucking good. It was really good. She also... I took a picture of this moment because she does a a wild tongue play where she kind of makes a tongue wall. Almost my face play. Anyway, uh, love that moment. Felt, Felt real and... Uh, she also ITMs that could be my forever person. Next portion begins. The women walk to the cocktail party. Charity and Ariel are both both have roses in front for this march. <laughs> like they're the leaders. I love that so fucking much. Me too. And cat ITMs. They should do a thing where they bring in people who already have roses on like thrones. They should have like, you know, big muscle dudes like carrying thrones and they're sitting on like golden chairs as they come in. <laughs> Sometimes they're sitting like separate. Back in the old days, they used to do that. Yeah. I feel like there might have been some time where they were on a couch. They had, remember, I think, I don't remember what season it was, but it was in the one of the first seasons. The people who had the roses got to sit on a little couch while the other ones had to stand on the risers. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry irritated skin and that about 85 percent of the united states uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine that's where canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier canopy is dermatologist recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Anyway, uh, we, 
here at Cat ITM. Hopefully the charity Brooklyn cat issue won't come be carried into tonight. Oh, Cat ITM is that. And Zach enters and last Gabby runs to be the first responder and give him the drink. Zach says, sorry about Jess. Uh, love levels have been raised. Uh, my person's in this room. And Allie gets the first responder on the first conversation. This is what I'm saying. We have a couple, couple terms we still need to. What? Get. We have first responder for the drink and for the conversation. And it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing. First responder and first converser. Sorry. I know I'm in the minutia and I need to go. No, I'm down. I'm taking that note. It's first responder and first converser. What do you want to call it? Yeah, it's like the sacred glass and like the <laughs> first responder wields the sacred glass. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the sacred glass is like is like a different thing. It's the drink. Um, okay. There's like it's the drink and the conversation. So it's like, but the drink is really the first one on the scene. So that should be the first responder. I agree. Right? Yeah. So then the convo is what first steal or no? You're not stealing it from someone. It's opener. First conversation. First discussion. First one-on-one, one one oh one. Yeah, we can workshop it. Anyway. Yeah, we'll workshop this. Sorry. <laughs> Allie pulls him. Uh, she ITMs uncertainty about going from super happy and excited to not knowing if she's missing something. Then we get this one-on-one time with Allie. She says she's exhausted, but it's worth it. A kiss. One-on-one time with Gabby. They eat Estonian pancakes. Lady in the Tramp style. One-on-one time with Brooklyn. She says there's no guidebook. There is Brooklyn. Brooklyn gets a kiss. One-on-one time Katie. Uh, he says from night one, on he's dug her or he digs her she digs him too double l one here kiss and he itms that tonight's going so well and he's really happy so we know everything's about to fucking go to hell in a handbasket charity steals cat from the other fucking players this is producer manufactured brooklyn then itms that you can tell charity is affected by cat's stunt cat can't acknowledge what she did was wrong this is a moralistic judgment of a play that cat made in the game they're all playing Charity and Cat then are talking about uh and sorry, Charity and Cat are talking and, and Brooklyn comes in to check in on this conversation. This is also producer manufactured. They tell her, go mm-hmm. fucking talk to them. Cat and Charity then are in the middle of this conversation. And Cat just goes, Would you have done the same thing to Jess? And Cat immediately gone. Fuck this. I'm out. Ejects. Storms off. And she says reader behavior ejecting. Yes. Absolutely. Uh And then Charity says, can we talk some other... She says, Charity, can we talk some other time? I'm not doing this. Brooklyn tells Charity she stormed off because she knows she's wrong. Again, getting that in there in the document. Then Kat ITMs that Brooklyn is being aggressive just to be mean. Then we get uh, a very important moment in the night. Kat storms off again. Ariel looks at Gabby. And I'll just say this is probably the most important moment in terms of book watch that we've seen yet this season. Mm Mm-hmm. Cat storms off. Ariel is sitting there across from Gabby. Ariel goes, should we go make sure she's not alone? Essentially saying, should we go STCO, aka shoulder to cry on for Cat? Gabby says, I don't think that would be in our best interest to be completely honest with you. She sees a sinking ship and she's not trying to jump on board it. She understands exactly what is happening here. She understands that Kat has been pulled into a rivalry. She understands the group dynamics and who is winning. 
not only the group dynamics and who's winning, but that the producers are clearly lining up Kat and Brooklyn for a fucking head to head. Clearly. And she's like, I want no part of it. You can't take a side in a two on one because you don't know how the fuck that's going to end. If you take a side and the other person comes back from it, you're fucked. So Gabby's doing the right thing here. And the other person is linked up with Charity, who has all of her enemies have been removed from the house. We have uh, a little a little subchapter in How to Win the Bachelor that's exactly about this scenario and exactly what you should do. And Gabby is doing exactly what it says. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. I feel like I feel like we wrote that you have to become the Homer Simpson meme where he goes back into the bushes. Yes, exactly. Just like, I am not here. I did not see any of this. Um, (laughs) But she plays it perfectly here. And then we see this shot of Kat talking to a producer, explaining that it's not fair. Uh, She can't can't keep getting pushed down, and she doesn't want to feel this way before talking to him. Zach then comes in. Uh, Again, producers fire him in as soon as she's like... Immediately as she says, this is the worst mood for me to be in. Yeah, exactly. But also, it's reader behavior for Kat to recognize that about herself and be like... My one-on-one time is so important. You cannot get me jazzed up before this. Yeah, 100%. And then she fucking uh, immediately turns it off. And I was like, oh, Zach, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And so they go off to talk. And Brooklyn ITMs that she sees through Cat, And she hopes Zach will too. We get this one-on-one time with Cat. Zach explains that it was a weird night. He asked if it felt <laughs> off at the witch thing, he says. <laughs> Yeah, dude, probably. Um, He says, was there some (laughs) nerves or a disconnect? He felt it. She wasn't feeling that way, she said. Great play. It's like, no, no, no. And then why then did you feel that way? She offers him an explanation that's plausible. Maybe it's because of the group setting or it was all that time you had COVID and we didn't get to see you. It might have made it weird. She values every minute she has with him and she says it was just a feeling. Essentially saying like, don't fucking worry about that. She's playing at a fucking high level here. And she ITMs that it was off-putting that he was thinking she was off. She's like, I saw that witch doing drugs in the bathroom. (laughs) 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 Just throws the bystander under the bus. (laughs) Yeah, it was the witch. Uh, Kat goes back to the other woman, tells them that, uh, everything's going to get a lot harder. And then DLP comes in with a one, two, three, four, five, tings. You can tell he was enjoying that one. I fucking enjoyed that one. I fucking enjoyed those tings. He's getting it. He's getting it. This motherfucker came in doing just staccato fucking 10 and 11 tings sometimes. What the fuck's that? This is a musical instrument. He finally found his rhythm. He finally found it. And we better start getting little songs from him now because he played one tonight. Ting, 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 ting. Oh, thank you, DLP. (laughs) Thank you. for. He's respecting the game. You can tell he's gone back and he's watched Harrison tapes. And he's like, I see what he did there. It's a signature. It's a way that Dark Lord Harrison did it. You think he's watching back Tapes of DLH trying to do better than his performance. Jesse Palmer was an NFL quarterback. How they get their game better, they watch game tape of their opponents, of themselves. They see what they can do better. They see what their opponents are likely to do. You think he's staying up watching his own ting tapes. And Chris Harrison's. With his happily married wife being like, what do you think of this one? She's like, do better. (laughs) Clue says you can do better. I think that's exactly what's happening. 
And he's rising to the challenge because, again, tonight was a symphony. Thank you, Dark Lord Palmer. I look forward to your next song. Portion 10 begins. <laughs> I mean, I know. I know. It did step it up, though, because I normally don't write that down. See? I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> Portion 10 begins. Rose ceremony for roses. <laughs> Cat ITMs. Tonight could be my last night. It fucking sucks. And produces tears. Zach comes in. Appreciate everything you're putting in, ladies. But first flower goes to Gabby. Second flower, Katie. Third flower, Brooklyn. DLP Dark Touch. Number four, Cat. Goodbye, Allie. Oh my God. I almost gave her exit my play of the game. She tells Zach, there's crazy phenomenal women there. I'm the most 40-hour person in the auto zone. You take good care of them now. I was like, now that's a second audience game. I love this out. I totally agree. It was perfectly played. Perfectly played exit here. But obviously the group sex play. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be. <laughs> we, get, we get her exit speech. Uh, she has a lot of emotion. She thought he was incredible and he had the qualities to be her person. You put so much on the line when you open up and you're hurt. But uh, by it not working out, it just doesn't feel good. She doesn't like this, and she cries here, puts some tears into it. She brings both hands up to her face to wipe away these tears. And in this moment, she contorts her expression into something I can't truly describe other than to say it was my face play of the game. She's putting some kind of a like pressure on her face. So it's like, you know, it's kind of smushing her face one way or another. She's got two fists on either side of her face and she's crying. It's a lot going on and she's using her hands inadvertently, but still using props to manipulate her face. That's high face play. Uh, thank you, Allie, in your moment of anguish for delivering it. Next week on The Bachelor. You know, she didn't get a lot of screen time this season, but her out, her swan song play, top of the, top of the charts. <laughs> Oh, she was great. I think she definitely is in contention for Paradise. Um, probably high on the list. Uh, then we get next week on The Bachelor. Budapest, kisses, love level one, wanting it forever. Falling in love has been amazing. Greer is back. Strong feelings for everyone. Tears from everyone later this season. There is something called Sex Week. Uh, I guess they're referring to Fantasy Suites. Zach has chosen no sex. Is he going to be talking to Goldini again about this? Because Goldini was famously a born-again virgin. They're literally making him do Goldini. You think they're making him do no sex? Yes. Yes, they told they sat him down and they said, if you do this, you're going to become Goldini. No. Yes, it's in the contract, the Goldini clause. No, I hated this play. This was an even bigger narc play than saying marijuana. I agree. This dude couldn't be more dull. But nonetheless, that's not what I said. I said narc. <laughs> OK, I can read between the lines. Um, then we see Zach. Choosing no sex, but there is temptation. And he says something about an act of love, not lust. Cat is shutting down. He's losing a woman. A beautiful moment was robbed. And then we get the tag with your Jorge Moreno. We see Haley, the Estonian. What was it? High witch. Um, Grand witch. Grand witch. Sorry. She's instructing everyone around the fire to <laughs> have this tea. And I was like, there's more tea without Greer. Loved this moment for Haley. She says, this tea will open your throat chakra. Shout into the fire. I love myself. I love nature. 
and we get people yelling things they love. Gabby, I love my mom. Portier, Katie, I love my job. Professional player, Zach, I love Twix. I mean, good like attempt at a spawn con. I Jess, agree. I love Taylor Swift. Yes, Jess. You basic bitch. This is too relatable. It was great. Great swan song moment for her. I loved this tag. I loved this strange moment. Um, I'm glad they included it in the document. But tonight's game was an interesting one. Uh, Pace Case, who was your most valuable player? For her... This was a tough one. This was a tough one. I agree. I will say, I think what Ariel did tonight was extraordinary, both in the day and night portions. But one player played a one-on-one perfectly. And perhaps more importantly, has won the house over. Her second audience game is so strong that she has players defending her and doing her 4TWR work, and she has no 4TW on her. And that's why Charity is my... M-M-M-M-V-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-
So wouldn't you want to keep that advantage? Depends on who it is. If they could get Tyler Cameron to come in the next one, they wouldn't do that. Right. Of course they would. No, they would, obviously. Can you imagine Francesca and fucking Tyler Cameron together? You see what I'm saying? They're going to do it. Anyways, that was tonight's game. <laughs> now I've just gone down. You can't send me there when we're trying to wrap up the episode. You're going to be making AI fan art of them as a couple now? Um, <laughs> no, he's with Kristen Cavalieri. I thought that was old news. Um, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. For our recap of tonight's big game, tomorrow we will have out for you, again in our feed, half of an episode of Courtney Robertson's new podcast, Off Contract, with a very important guest from within the nation. And her full episode will be in her feed. You just follow that feed on whatever podcast app you have. Again, it's Off Contract with Courtney Robertson. And tomorrow night, again, 7 p.m. And this is the last one, right? In our feed? No. We will have the first 10 of her episodes, at least the first few minutes of it in our in our feed. But uh, we also tomorrow night are going to be at The Grove signing books, 7 p.m. Barnes & Noble in The Grove. Hope to see everybody there that we can. And before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It's been 7,645 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. So, uh, forgot something. Bonus tag. Those rose quotients, <laughs> we forgot to mention those. And I did all this hard work, this manual labor, tallying these. So we're going to discuss them now. Again, the rose quotient is something that describes a player's ability to get these zero-point roses, these one-on-one date roses, group date roses, fimps, so on and so forth. Any rose given outside the rose ceremony. So you want your rose quotient to be as close to zero as possible. It's kind of like an ERA in baseball. So this season, we're going to go with the remaining players, highest to lowest. The worst rose quotient so far right now of those that remain is Ariel with a 5.5. She has two zero-point roses, a one-on-one and a group date, but also got a 15-point rose. That's a, a painful one. Um, the next highest or next worst is Greer. She got the FIMP and then no other zero-point roses, even though she got a buy this week. Then we have... What was Catherine Lowe's rose quotient? I have not tallied it. Um, interesting to think about that, though. We'll have to tally that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> then you have Brooklyn and Catherine tied at 4.5. Catherine has two zero-pointers, a one-on-one and a group date. Brooklyn has one uh, zero-pointer from her one-on-one. Then you have a 4.16, Gabby. She's only got one zero-pointer, which is a one-on-one. Then you have Katie at a 3.33. She's only got one uh, zero-pointer, a one-on-one. And then you have, interestingly, at 1.66, Charity. Two zero-pointers. And the lowest or the worst number she's ever had is a five. Everything else is a two or a one. They are putting her consistently in the top of all the roses that are given out in rose ceremonies, and they're giving her uh, early one-on-one. They're giving her, or they're giving her a one-on-one rose. They're giving her a group date rose. You know, there's only what two other people who have two roses: Catherine and Ariel. Interesting. You tell me. One point six six. They want her to feel very good about this. I believe it's giving bachelorette vibes to me. Bachelorette? Yeah. I guess we'll see. I mean, hold on. Now I'm looking at what her... 
Night one was. Night one. Intro number four. Got a kiss. She got the second rose that night. Oh, got it. Who was first flower? Mm, that I don't know. Christina Mandrell. Yeah. Mm. At any rate, we just wanted to update you that uh, information with our rose quotient. So you got Charity in the lead. Nobody, I believe, will come close to catching her. They People would have to like start stacking up the zero pointers at this point to come close. Interesting. So the math says Charity for next Bachelorette. Possibly, yes. But thanks again for joining us for this little uh, bonus segment at the very end. We hope you have a good rest of your day. Bye. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 